You're watching Lindell TV. And welcome to the briefing with General Michael Flynn. Today, of course, is Sunday, October 15th. It's 9.06 a.m. Central Time. General Flynn is on the move. He is just... Uh, wrapped up a two-day conference in Miami, and he is on the move, and we are glad to have him with us this morning, even if it's by phone, with lots of new developments uh, coming out of Israel. General Flynn, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing good, Brandon. And, oh, wait, you, uh, did and make it. For... you did make the video. Okay, there we go. Yeah, we did, we, we did make it in. Yeah, we did make it in. Uh, I appreciate the... Uh, so this is the weekly intel update, right? Weekly right. intel update, because boy, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of that happening, and uh, you know, for the audience, um, you know, this is these. I'm trying to do these on on Sundays that we're, you know, as we do these. But uh, obviously, there's so much going on, and and uh, one of the, you know, one of the responsibilities I feel is just to get out around the country as much as we can. We just had a couple of thousand people, uh, you know, within our uh, reawake in America. Movement, I call it, but Reawaken America uh, event down in Miami this time. That's our 22nd, our 22nd one, the last two and a half years. And we are uh, moving out to California will be our next one, December. So, uh, yeah, just like you said, Brandon, there's a lot of stuff going on around the world. Uh, I also, because one of the things I do want to talk about is I want to talk about China today a little bit uh, okay. as well in the Pacific. Uh, not only what's going on in uh, Hamas and Gaza and Israel and Iran, but uh, I want to talk a little bit about China. So I appreci right. appreciate you uh, bringing me in here and, and uh, the audience for uh, for bearing with the uh, me being on the on the road on these uh, on this really important day, this broadcast today. Well, we're just glad to have your analysis and your briefing. Let's start off, if we could, with Israel, just because of all the breaking news. Here's the headline this morning. Uh, Gallant on Gaza border, quote, this will be a massive, deadly, exact, and decisive war, end quote. The defense minister said that senators told him that the U.S. would supply all the ammunition and equipment Israel needs. We're, uh, we've got another uh, carrier going into the region. We have Marines that have been taken from Kuwait and told to get on board, be ready for events unfolding. We're hearing Iran is threatening if uh, Israel moves onto the ground. There's threats from Iran if America gets more involved, but it seems like that is going to be the case. America is going to get involved. Israel is going to move on the ground. Reports are to this morning they're going to wait a little bit with their ground uh, force going in due to weather. And I think from the reports, General Flynn, to give uh, folks more time to get out of harm's way. You know, Israel here, as you well know, is trying to um, not create a PR problem uh, by having civilians get killed. And yet we have video images of uh, Hamas blocking people from leaving the Gaza. They don't want these people to leave. So Israel is trying their best to also be mindful of the fact that the eyes of the world are watching and, and they're trying to d do this also as not only a military operation, but have the best PR coming out as possible. Yeah, so let me let me start with the big picture and then take it down to the tactical situation on the ground uh, in Israel as as uh, as I'm aware of it and as I have watched it in my own background and experience. So the big picture right now is that this is no longer just a a, uh, a regional uh, Middle East Israel, uh, you know, Hamas problem. 
we've already seen uh, big, big uh, demonstrations globally, uh, clearly in Europe, definitely here in the United States. We had, you know, we just coming out of Miami. We, we had one uh, in Miami. So, so this is a global uh, uh, contest, I would call it. I wouldn't call it a war yet globally uh, in terms of, but, you know, when we think about things like World War III. So the big picture is that this is a this is a global contest that is starting to uh, starting to rise up, and it's not just what's going on in Israel or what's going on in the Gaza Strip, which is what the media will try to play that up. Uh, these these various demonstrations, and they're large, they're large. We we saw the one in the in uh, London in the UK, and clearly even those that were in various cities here in the United States. These are large demonstrations. And the, uh, you know, we, we should not be uh, in this country with the advent for decades now of things like the Confucius Institutes and the Muslim Brotherhood and their, uh, and their uh, very, very large influence here in the United States over the last couple of decades. We should not be, uh, be uh, you know, surprised that we see these young people out there demonstrating, thinking that what they're demonstrating for is something good. This is not, and this is definitely a good versus evil contest. So, so globally, this is a problem right now. And the United States of America is not, uh, you know, they're, they're doing things tactically instead of really thinking strategically about some of the things that we need to be doing. So taking it down to uh, the Middle East, taking it down to Israel, Israel right now is pressured on three fronts. So, so you know, both tactically and strategically, Israel is pressured on three fronts. They clearly have their main effort is uh, in the southern zone against, uh, you know, the Gaza Strip, Hamas. And we've seen uh, the statements out of Israel. Yeah, there's a great map right there. So uh, the southern zone, which is against uh, Hamas and in the Gaza Strip, and then you have, you know, the West Bank, right? And then just north of the West Bank is the, uh, you know, are the Golan Heights. I've, I've walked the Golan Heights. I've walked that fence line up there between Syria and uh, Israel. It is a very dangerous border. That's sort of, so if you look at the Northern zone and, and clearly the, uh, the, the Golan Heights up there, you've got six brigades. There's six brigades in the Syrian military that are, uh, that are decent. You have one that's really good, the Al-Aqsa Brigade. And they're the ones that will be uh, probably the spearhead if there is a, another front that opens up and we already know that there's pressure on that uh, on that border. And then you have the furthest northern border, which is the Lebanese border, and that's Hezbollah. Hezbollah and Hezbollah is very dangerous. In 2006, there was a there was a very very uh, a, 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 you know a couple of days of battle. And one of the things that the Israelis learned was how many missiles and how uh, how uh, secure the Hezbollah forces were along that border. There was some incursions by the uh, Israeli forces at that time, and they they discovered all of these tunnels and bunker systems with uh, great uh, command and control capabilities, as well as stockpiles of uh, weaponry. And they, they were able to destroy some of it, and they, they weren't not able to destroy most of it, though. So you still have, that was 2006, this is 2023. Okay, so the, the uh, supplying of weaponry by Iran, principally Iran, uh, and now we understand there's also uh, there's also some intelligence that that uh, the uh, Taliban from uh, Afghanistan has also offered. And, and there's a poten real potential that there are 
weaponry coming through Iran, uh, making its way over to uh, Syria. And we always forget about Iraq, right? Like, how do we, so how does it make it over to Syria? Well, it drives right through Iraq, a country that we spent 20 years in. And, uh, and now I think it was the Iraqi prime minister a couple of, maybe a, a week ago, less than a week ago, came out in support of Palestine. So, and came out in support of what's going on against Israel. So that's 20 years of, of money, you know, that we've just wasted in a, in a, in a country, not necessarily the people of Iraq, but certainly the leadership. And uh, so we have this area of operations that is, that is starting to unfold and, and Israel is going to face a three front war. And that three front war will be uh, command and control by Iran. And Iran will do that from both uh, Tehran, but they'll also do that from Damascus. And, uh, I, and I do think that, you know, I mean, if you just think, uh, you know, biblically, I was schooled yesterday. I think it was, if I got the numbers right, Ezekiel uh, 18 and 19. And, and uh, so I, I, I want people to focus on that because it's <laughs> when I when I read one of them, I was like, holy crap, it's exactly what we're seeing play out right now. So so the tactical situation right there on that map is a three front war. Right. And uh, and uh, once this thing gets moving and I understand we have positioned uh, air forces, we positioned at least a squadron on the ground, probably. Uh, you know, close in, uh, you know, I understand it might even be in Jordan, which I'd be surprised if it's in Jordan, but we'll see. And then, of course, these air aircraft carrier strike forces that are coming into the eastern Mediterranean. And that's actually really a dangerous posture for us, I believe. I mean, it's a it's a show of deterrence. It's a show of force. It's a way for the United States to to say to people in the region, you know, back off. Uh, don't don't, you know, especially to Iran. Don't get involved. And, uh, you know, and I, and I just think that they're not going to listen to us. In fact, I believe that they're really not going to listen to us. And, and they're they're obviously not listening, listening to us diplomatically and politically because of the statements coming out of uh, out of these countries. So it, Israel's in a tough spot. Um, I think that, you know, one of the things we talked about earlier, Brandon, was let's just and let me just bring it some reality to this blood. Right. And. And, uh, and the access to blood. Israel is one of those countries that was, you know, this is kind of, it's one of these tactical details that people don't pay any attention to when it comes to warfare. But the, uh, the, the access and the, uh, and the amount of blood that will be needed if you go to a much, much larger uh, uh, battle in war where you're gonna have blood banks that are gonna be required. So people are already lining up in, and I know in Israel, people are lining up here to give blood that will go overseas. I, I get to this level of detail because I want people to understand that the, the challenges, I was one that always gave blood quite a bit. The challenge with blood these days, and I've learned this, is that it's tainted by the COVID vaccines. And uh, Israel is one of those countries where they had almost 100% people vaccinated. And I, and I, you know, and I, I bring this in because I think it's really important for us to understand the, the global implications of all of these dots that we need to connect for what I believe is this global alliance. And, and this, this situation in Israel is part of this, this global alliance, which now is the, you know, the BRICS, which is five nations, you know, plus seven, I think, which is the new seven, seven new nations that joined the BRICS. These are the, the BRICS is a economic and a military alliance. 
And I think what is happening is we're seeing this globalism, and this is part of it. This is part of it. This surprise attack by by Hamas uh, in the in the northern or in the southern zone of of the Israeli defense forces uh, was to me is very well planned. Um, but something broke down in Israel, and so if I were in Bibi Netanyahu's shoes, uh, and and I got, I have to believe that he's He's that was a massive demonstration of weakness by the Israeli defense forces. And that weakness still exists. Now, there may be a higher level of alert that's ongoing in, uh, in the northern zone and uh, along the Golan Heights of Syria, the Syrian border that I talked about. But this weakness that was displayed in spades for at least, you know, six, seven hours where Hamas occupied Israeli territory. And they, and they, of course, did the, they committed the brutality, murderous operations that they did against women, children, and, and elderly, uh, and, and just the grotesque abuse of humanity that we saw. And I mean grotesque. It's just horrific. Uh, I always talk about warfare not being fair, but this is so uh, out of uh, the ordinary. So all that said is that we have this alliance that's forming. And... And uh, we are not in a we're not in the catbird seat. The United States of America is not in the catbird seat. When we talk about deploying a second aircraft carrier strike force into the Eastern Med, number one, the Eastern Med to me is is a place where where naval task forces could get trapped. And the uh, the, the Russians have already been operating outside of the Black Sea region into the Mediterranean with one of its own strike aircraft carrier strike forces. And when we take uh, two aircraft carrier strike forces and posture them in the Eastern Med, and then we, we continue to have to have at least one down in the Persian Gulf to make sure that the Straits of Hormuz uh, stays opened up uh, for, the, for the free flow of, of oil, which right now our problem here in the United States, because uh, the uh, Biden administration shut down our ability to produce our own energy where we were you know, an energy exporter. Now we're having to import, we're having to import a lot of energy from guess where? The Persian Gulf. And guess what through the Straits of Hormuz and guess who controls a lot of that is the, the, the nation of Iran. So these are big, big geopolitical, geostrategic issues that are in play. And so I don't want people to just overly focus on one strip of land, which is called the Gaza Strip. Right. I mean, Gaza might be where the where the uh, straw that broke the proverbial camel's back, you know, was was snapped. Uh, but now we're looking at a global uh, a global problem and a global war that could unfold quickly. And right now I, I call it a global contest because it is clearly a contest between good and evil. And and uh, and really, you know, the good, if you if you were to laundry list the nations that are part of the good, the good side, that laundry list of nations are not that many. We do not have the alliances and partnerships that we used to have. Uh, you know, only two years ago, we just don't. Uh, this administration has pushed many of them away. They have uh, they have shown that they are unwilling to support allies in a time of need. We we uh, we showed our rear ends when we uh, when we retreated from Afghanistan and left you know close to a hundred billion dollars worth of equipment, and we also left uh, American citizens behind. You know, during our surrender to the Taliban. And so that was a, a body of alliances that we that were part of that that battle 
in Afghanistan, that war in Afghanistan, and that body of alliances was primarily NATO. So we had more than NATO. We had like 47 nations that were part of that alliance. So what the United States did there was they sh we showed such a level of weakness. And, and basically, we demonstrated to our allies and partners that maybe we can't be relied on anymore. That's a dangerous position for the U.S. to be in. It's a dangerous position for the, um, for the world to be in. So China, because I want to talk about China. And I'll start with this, this situation in the Middle East. China's principal ally or Iran's principal ally and uh, a major trading partner, major economic partner, military partner, uh, a geostrategic political partner who speaks for Iran in many of these G7 and G20 summits that we have is China. And so China right now is playing a huge role in all of this. And the Chinese uh, pulled some really smart things over the last few years. And maybe that's maybe this setup of what is happening in uh, in southern zone of Israel right now. I call it a setup because there's no other way to describe it. Maybe this setup was part of a setup to really test the the willpower, the leadership, and the the alliance structure of the West, principally the United States of America. So China is uh, definitely in Iran. China definitely supports Iran. China has great military. You're showing Xi and Putin right there. China definitely has uh, uh, great economic and uh, military relationships with uh, Putin, with Russia. Russia is in a very strong position in Eastern Europe. Russia is uh, very, very uh, in, a, in a very good position right now uh, in this losing war in Eastern Europe that we've spent close to $200 billion on. China just went through a nuclear uh, preparation exercise not too long ago here. In fact, I think probably within the past month. So new, so Russia is, despite what the media will say, despite what we're going to hear coming out of our out of our administration, the war in Europe is a losing war, and uh, we are we are wasting our resources. And boy, we should have come to some sort of a peace agreement a lot, you know, much longer ago. But uh, this is going to also play into this global contest that's unfolding. Uh, historically, right before our eyes. So China, I, I mentioned the relationship with Iran, but I want to talk about China and Taiwan. I was asked yesterday, will China take this opportunity to seize Taiwan? I don't believe they will. China doesn't have to waste any resources right now on Taiwan. China has, I think, the, the, uh, the Asia-Pacific Basin right where they want it. I mean, we've been studying their, their buildup in the uh, South China Sea on these islands where they've prepared themselves. We know that China's military and Navy has been growing steadily for the last 10 years. They are, they're uh, not only their, uh, their ocean fleet, but their undersea uh, fleet, their, uh, their submarine fleet has grown, I would say, fivefold in the last 10 years, if not the last 20 years. And they, they may not have uh, as capable uh, undersea you know, uh, submarines as we do, but, uh, but they have much, you know, far more of them. So China right now is in a very strong position in the in what we call the Indo-Pacific Basin, and uh, the principally because of their economic strength. The Chinese right now are the are the number one trading partner for like 80 percent of the world, you know, even including some of our partners over in the Pacific. When you think about countries like Australia, countries like Japan, South Korea, and and that also includes Taiwan. So I don't think the Chinese are going to uh, waste resources to 
to conduct military operations to seize the island of Taiwan. I think they have Taiwan right where they want it. And, uh, and they're, they're willing to continue to bide their time uh, while we, the United States of America, continue to flounder with this feckless leadership administration that we have right now uh, in places like Europe and in places like uh, the Middle East and still, uh, still just wasting resources and really not even thinking strategically about the direction that we need to head, that, that America needs to head. You know, and I haven't even addressed yet the invasion of our own country by by uh, threats. You know, it's 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 one thing to have illegals coming into our country from Mexico that may be coming in for, you know, the the uh, the normal flow of illegals that come into the United States of America and in into the southern border states or into California to work, you know, in the fields and they do the migrant working a relationship that we've always had. That's one thing, you know, and, and it's and that's ebbed and flowed for for a long, long time, decades. But now we're talking about allowing countries that are anti-American to and, you know, and I'm talking about tens and tens of thousands. I mean, we're looking at roughly eight million people in the last two years. So let's just say tens of thousands to lowball it a little bit from countries like uh, the Middle East, countries like North Africa. You know, these Arab nations that are and many of these people are anti-American. They have no idea. They can't even speak our language, as well as as I know for certain uh, countries like Venezuela emptying their insane asylums and their and their prisons. So these are the types of people that we are allowing into our country. And then the media will talk about, you know, kids in a cage and they won't. But they don't talk about that now. They talked about that with with uh, under Trump. They don't talk about that under Biden or under, uh, under uh, Obama either. But what we're seeing, certainly in the alternative media around the country, is we're seeing these just droves of military-age men. And, and on China, there's also a large increase in Chinese coming in. One of the two key areas that are in play, and I, and I mean this for what is happening in Israel. So Israel, what's happening in Israel is tied to everything that I'm talking about right now. The, one of the key areas that's in play is the Panama Canal. The Panama Canal, we know because we've had people down in, in uh, the Darien Gap reporting on the number of Chinese, principally military age men coming into the, uh, the Panama Canal zone and staying there. And, and we know that Chinese companies already own or continue to operate these, these what we call the locks that allow transit through the Panama Canal, which we built and under Obama, he turned it over to, uh, uh, you know, he really did turn it over to the Chinese, uh, uh, you know, and, and their ability to be able to run that canal. Why, why do I raise the canal? Because the transit from uh, the, the, the Eastern coasts of, of uh, China all the way over to the Mediterranean are reduced significantly in terms of time, days, days to cross from, from the Pacific over to the Atlantic and into the Mediterranean, from, from uh, you know, maybe a, a week or two to a few days now, especially if you control the Panama Canal. Panama Canal is so strategic. And so we have these, we have that particular point of, of geography. We have our own southern border and the invasion that's going on. And the problem is no longer just in the southern border. It's in our cities and towns. When we saw Palestinian, you know, uh, Hamas-related and Hezbollah-related uh, 
uh, you know, basically rallies going on in Chicago, in places like Boston, in places like New York, in Atlanta, in Miami. Uh, these are pla- these are you know cities that are way inside of the United States of America, and not just along the border, the border states that are affected, right? P- places like Tucson, Arizona, or Austin, or uh, Texas, or Houston, Texas, or uh, or San Diego, or Los Angeles. Those are all affected as well. So China has a big, big role in all of this. Their relationship with Iran, their relationship with Russia what they're doing economically around the world, their, their relationship with, with uh, many countries in the Asia Pacific theater to drive a wedge between the alliances that we used to have and, uh, and, and what we no longer have, what they're doing in the Panama Canal, what they're doing in places like South America, the Southern hemisphere of our, of our, uh, uh, of our part of the world. Uh, you know, when I mentioned BRICS earlier, Brazil, Brazil, are one of those BRICS nations. Bolsonaro used to be the president. He was kind of a Brazil first type of guy. And uh, and that, that election appears to have been stolen. But let's just, let's look past that. Uh, the guy that is currently uh, in charge of Brazil. So this is a big, big deal in a big economic and military relationship with China as the leader of the BRICS uh, five. And now it's BRICS five plus seven. Uh, is a, is a, the leader of Brazil now? Luna is a is a hardcore left leaning communist. So, um, you know, when I say the BRICS five and, and plus seven and this global alliance versus, you know, I call it globalism versus Americanism. This global alliance is uh, represents now about seventy percent of the world's population, and I'm lowballing that, uh, Brandon. I'm lowballing that audience. It's probably closer to eighty. But clearly, the BRICS nations, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa, they represent about 47%, you know, so let's just say 50% of the world's population. And so when we look at adding another seven countries that just recently joined them in their first, they just had their first uh, uh, meeting, their first summit since the pre-COVID days, and seven more countries joined them. Why did they join them? Because our, our economic system is at risk, and this administration, this is, this is not. It's not just, you know, elections have consequences, but stolen elections have consequences, and and I use that word, you know, very precisely, and I do it because I I, I can't believe that that uh, that that people in this country that are on, you know, the other side of the aisle, so to speak, you know, the the progressive liberal side of the aisle. The only reason that they're able to get out there and protest, especially these young, I see these young kids, you know, these young college kids that are out there and they, you know, I always say, you know, when you're young, who doesn't want to be progressive? Who doesn't want to be, you know, liberal? But you have to understand you're only able to be liberal or progressive as long as the government wants you to be. Uh, Once they decide, once they take full control of our country, once once there is nothing but a socialist state you know, uh, that's that's running our country and they remove the rights that we have, you won't be able to protest anymore, folks. You're not going to be able to protest, kids. You're going to you're going to find yourself in a place where they're going to shut you down immediately and they're going to tell you, here's what you're going to have to do. Yeah, and you're showing a guy like a Klaus Schwab because we want to put a face to some of this stuff. And one of the things that uh, we have to understand is that the day that the attack in Israel occurred, 
I believe that same day, the World Economic Forum, which is really, I call it a glorified think tank. It is more than that, but but that's what it really uh, has has become. It's a, this glorified think tank of world leaders who are who are all believe in the idea of globalism. They signed a, uh, a an agreement. So a glorified think tank signed an agreement with the United Nations this past Saturday that uh, basically, as I read it, as I read it, and as I was informed about it, it accelerates the, uh, the global reset 2030 that Klaus Schwab always talks about. It really accelerates it. So it's going to move up their agenda and start to move things into place that, that really, you know, in their eyes, in their words, now, don't listen to me. Go to the World Economic Forum website and, and listen to what they have to say. Look at some of their policies. Look at their global reset agenda. I mean, it really accelerates it to the point where we're going to move off of the off of the U.S. dollar as the dollar of choice for the world. We're going to move towards a digital currency. Uh, you know, I mean, the idea of rare earth elements becomes really important. Gold and silver, you know, because it's no longer uh, we're no longer going to be really backing that in terms of the U.S. dollar, which that goes back to the Nixon era in the 1970s. So so that's a that's a big picture combined with a little picture of what's happening just in the Middle East. And I don't mean to to say little picture in a negative or, a you know, in a in a belittling way. I mean to say it in a way that that these data points, these battles, these incursions into Israel, they all matter of what's happening globally. And we have to look at, again, you know, if we're able to, uh, and I've called for this and, and I've been on other, other shows and uh, this, you know, talking to other people, and, but I've called for this in Israel. And if I were in Yahoo's shoes, I know that they have their, you know, their, their survival is at risk, but I'm gonna tell you, the head of the Israeli Defense Force and the Southern Zone Commander uh, would have no, I would, if I were, if I were the prime minister of, of Israel, I would have no faith and confidence in those two gentlemen, none, because of what just happened in, in, in Israel. So that doesn't mean that that they did something uh, uh, nefarious. It just means that they failed a major, major task, which was to protect the boundaries and the borders and the security of Israel. They definitely failed because for Hamas to have uh, come in by air, ground and sea, as well as conduct a cyber attack uh, in a very sophisticated way uh, that appears very to be very well planned, to be very well uh, commanded and coordinated for them to be able to get away with it, with this, you know, the touted uh, US intelligence system. We have a great relationship with Israel intelligence for us, for them to get away with that and us not to be uh, aware of it or to see something like that and the Israeli intelligence to not see it, something, broke down severely broke down and that's looking looking uh in the past a bit but only a week or so ago um but this is going to have to be resolved because and, and if i was sitting there in a room with netanyahu and his and his ministers and his leaders i would tell them now you have demonstrated to those threats that you face a massive massive weakness now yes you might have your nation back on alert and you're not going to have that kind of thing happen up in the northern zone or the or the border with uh, Syria but if you have a three front war a real three front war where you're pressured on all three fronts 
And you have Iran now starting to decide that they're going to fire long-range missiles, which they can range into Israel. And they have a lot of long-range missiles. And, and we, now, we also know that the Houthi rebels down in Yemen have been uh, given uh, a, whole, a whole batch of these missiles uh, to fight uh, Saudis. And those missiles can range from Yemen uh, up and into Israel. That we got a problem there, Israel. And if they decide to do that, then then you know then the United States will not have a choice because Israel will be at risk for its own survival. And in the United States, if we truly believe in in the ally of Israel, which I do, uh, you know, but we've allowed ourselves to get into a place that we don't want to be. to get play to in the military, we call it. A strategic defensive, strategic defensive. It is We lost General Flynn for a second. So I'm really, really, uh, you know, I call it sort of. Okay, we back. Yeah, you're back. You're breaking up a little bit. Let me ask you, General. We're getting word uh, as we're live here. Here is um, Daily Mail. Daily Mail is saying FBI Director Christopher yeah. Wray is warning of Hamas copycat terror attacks on U.S. soil and urges public to watch out for lone actors amid heightened environment of fear following deaths of 1,200 Israelis. Um, isn't this a pretty foolish statement when he and his team have been spending all their time, I guess, investigating mothers at school boards and, and uh, Catholics yeah. that go to Latin mass or pro-lifers. And this administration that he serves for has the border down with these uh, Islamists uh, coming over the border, flooding over the border. And now he wants to go to the microphone to tell us to be aware. I mean, this is really insulting to the American people. Yeah, it's very insulting. It's very insulting. So this, you know, this is breaking news. These are not, and and you know what, Brandon, this is this is for a bunch of I apologize. But come come back to me for a minute. Tell you what, let's do this. Come back to me for a minute. We'll we'll let him get his cell coverage. We'll it'll kick in and he'll okay. go to a better tower. While he's doing that, let me remind you, folks. General Flynn's broadcast needs your support. It is a listener-supported program. One way you can support him and Lindell TV and the work of Mike Lindell is by going to MyPillow.com and using the promo code Flynn, F-L-Y-N-N. There are a lot of specials there today, a lot of sales. And in fact, if you want to get a little backdoor um, into MyPillow, go to MyPillow.com, scroll down the homepage. I'll try to show you here real quick. Scroll down the homepage when you get to MyPillow.com. There we go. Here we are. Scroll down the homepage until you see Mike Lindell wearing a pair of headphones and a microphone. We're in, sitting in front of a microphone. Click on that, and you'll find a lot of specials. Perkel bed sheets down to $24.98, MyPillow 2.0. Look at this. Original slippers. That's another $10 off than what was on the homepage. So this little back door is going to get you some specials. Use that code Flynn. Six-piece towel set, $29.98. These are going to go out of... These are going to go out, okay? There's only about three colors of these left right now. Let me just double-check that for you as we're live here on the air. Uh, let's see. Let's check the colors, all right? Yep, that's right. Mineral gray, stone bath, plum bath. So three colors left on the six-piece towel set. When they're gone, they are gone. You might want to take advantage of that. That's quite the deal. Also, you'll see this 
Overstock up to 80% off. Click on that. All kinds of deals like you can't believe. Again, this is one way to support the work of Mike Lindell, Lindell TV, and General Michael Flynn. MyPillow.com promo code Flynn. Also, why not go over to the website of General Flynn, which is, I believe, GeneralFlynn.com. Let me see if I got that right. General Flynn. GeneralFlynn.com. That's it. GeneralFlynn.com is the website. And there you will find out how to stay connected with him. Subscribe to his newsletter. You'll find out yep. about his two new books on artificial intelligence as well as 5G, uh, Fifth Generation Warfare. Fifth Generation Warfare. So these are the books that are available by General Flynn at GeneralFlynn.com. GeneralFlynn.com. And again, these are just two ways you can support the general this morning. I think we have made a reconnection with him and a better signal. There yep. you go, general. I needed to do that yep. anyway, so the timing was perfect. Yeah, good. Thanks, and thanks for uh, for promoting those uh, those websites and and uh, and also uh, you know I, I do want to talk about Mike Lindell because I you know I was with Mike just briefly for the audience. I was with Mike this weekend and had a great conversation with him, and he's a great friend as you are, Brandon. And and uh, you know. The, the his company is under such attack right now. I mean, there there are elements in our country that are trying to destroy people like Mike Lindell's uh, ability to be able to fight for our country. And they're doing it to a lot of us there. And they do it through this lawfare and they do it through all sorts of efforts. But th this is really and I and I do talk about this in that book, Fifth Generation Warfare, 5GW. And we also talk about it in a, in greater, much greater detail, particularly how the Chinese are now uh, stepping up to the plate far more than we've ever seen in that second session called the how to fight artificial intelligence. So those are really important, uh, you know, that that uh, people read them. I mean, they need to they need to read them. So, um, yeah, I, I think that the FBI uh, director was very foolish. And and to make this sound like, oh, these are just one off lone wolves. Right. These are not lone wolves. We have a Hezbollah and a Hamas. Um, organizations and the and the, you know the Muslim Brotherhood, as I said right up front, you know we have allowed these this organization to operate in many communities around this country for decades, and so these are not lone wolves. They might they might call them out as lone wolves, but what this administration wants to continue to do is they want to continue to go after what they call you know the the number one d domestic threat to this country right now are basically guys that look like me who are. Christians who are out there trying to say, you know, we want to shut down uh, or we want to to exercise our rights to be able to peacefully protest around, you know, abortion clinics, let's say. I mean, you know, this, this is in, this is insane direction that this administration is taking. And for the FBI director to come out and just sort of flippantly say that these are going to be that, that, that there may be a threat by lone wolves who are, you know, acting on their own, that would be, uh, that would be, I mean, to me, I was going to say that would be a lie, but it's not. These are intentional. These people are doing this stuff intentionally. These organizations that are represented in here in this country are, are, are strong organizations. They're well-funded. They're well-resourced. They're, they're well-led. And guess what? Uh, and I mentioned this earlier when I was talking about the border invasion. They are also more uh more resourced by more people and so uh there these will not be one 
uh, one-off lone wolves. These will be coordinated attacks, and and uh, we've got to be very careful. And this is where the uh, the organi- an organization like the FBI, if they were doing their jobs uh, the way that they should be doing it, they would be looking at these type of threats that we do have, and we have always had. And people in the FBI, they you know any agent that listens to this that's that's had you know more than ten, maybe fifteen years in the in the bureau knows exactly what I'm talking about. The leadership at the top uh, are, you know, they're they're part of this sort of feckless group of Washington D.C. insiders who who, uh, who you know go in and out of administrations. And in this case, we have an administration uh, in the White House that uh, I think is just rudderless. They're so rudderless. This is not a time to be, you know, threatening the American people. This is a time to be calming the American people with cool heads and to demonstrate that we actually know what we're doing. I mean, they really, really, this administration, when I look around and I see Secretary Blinken over in Qatar talking to the emir of Qatar about, uh, you know, more more prisoner swaps, uh, you know, and uh, where Qatar is protecting the leadership of Hamas, uh, it's just, it's just, you know, out of control. You know, you're showing that, you're showing that, that the, the, videos of the president. There's a recent one I was shown last night is another one where he's walking up like three steps, three steps uh, going into some some event. And he couldn't even make it up three steps. This was like uh, yesterday or the day before yesterday. I mean, you know, I, I, I have been around a lot of old people, right? I mean, and you can tell when people just, you know, they're not there anymore. And it's a sad thing. You know, you, you know, you, you, uh, you feel for them. Uh, they get to a place in life, you know, as a lot of people do, where they start to just not be able to be as alert as they uh, as they you know should be. Right. That's why we have, you know, uh, I mean, that's why we have things like amp like like silver alerts on our highway system, silver alerts, because here it goes. That are, here it goes. General right there. Look at that. Yeah, Here it is. Here, here it is. Right here. One, two, three, three steps. He couldn't make it up three steps. You know, I mean, he should have been able to jump up there. We need energy. We need energy and and uh, and and and, uh, and and brilliance and intellect in our uh, president right now. And uh, so, boy, that's what we lack. And that's why I say sometimes, you know, you wonder who's actually in charge. When I saw this Secretary Blinken over there in the Middle East, and he's and he's the statements that he made with the with the Emir of Qatar in in uh, you know about prisoner swaps i mean and and oh and i think that people need to be reminded just did a prisoner swap not too many weeks ago probably i don't know less less than two months ago where we did a a prisoner swap you know with uh with iran right and it included a bunch of money too uh when you start to negotiate with terrorists and you start to do prisoner swaps well guess what they're gonna do they're gonna do more of it they're gonna think that they got away away with it i want people and listeners to understand that that we, their mindset is not our mindset. Their culture is not our culture. Their way of life is not our way of life. Their their uh, faith is not our our uh, our faith based system in this country. Uh, even though we we're wide open on our First Amendment to we'll open up to all faiths, as long as they follow, you know, our rule of law and they assimilate into this country and they and they believe in our constitution, but there is a completely different mindset when you start thinking about these overseas nations, uh, these nation states, you know, I mean, if you're, if you're under a communist ideology, if you're under a, 
a, a political ideology that that has that says either you're going to convert or you're going to be a slave or you're going to die or you're a communist ideology where you have really just a soulless, dark force that 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 runs your nation. Uh, then, you know, that's that's a mindset that many Americans in this country cannot fathom. And we don't have a lot of people that have served in our military anymore, right? Our military has been an all-volunteer force for a long, long time. I mean, you know, more than, I mean, the entire time I served in the military, it was an all-volunteer force. And, uh, you know, you add maybe a few more years, so close to 40 years, we've been an all-volunteer force, you know, actually longer than that now as I think about it. And so we don't have that many people in our in our government, never mind our our the landscape of America that have served in our military that have been trained uh, in these, in these, uh, you know, for, for these types of, of war, these types of conflicts and have had some uh, background and some education on the types of enemies that we can face. So not that many. And it's like we, you know, we used to say 2%. It's like probably 1% of the population. And frankly, my, my, my greatest concern right now is the uh, is the lack of people, lack of young people that are ready to come into our military, or the lack of young people that want to come into our military? And we know that our army is, uh, you know, is not getting the recruiting that it needs to get, and that's not a good thing. In fact, it's a dangerous thing. It's a dangerous thing for our security. It's a dangerous thing downstream because that means that if you can't recruit the numbers, and we're talking about tens of you know, I, I think the number was like 14,000. So we're talking about quite a few people. And so if you can't recruit, then that means you've got to tell people that are getting ready to retire, sorry, you're going to have to stay in and you're going to have to, and you're going to tell people that, that thought they were going to be up for a promotion, you know, to, to staff sergeant or to sergeant first class, sorry, you're not going to get that promotion that you thought you're going to have. You're going to have to wait. And because people, again, American people don't understand the system that we have in our military and the rules that our military, uh, particularly our active military, are under. And uh, it's very, very different. And, and so, you know, we, we have a, uh, uh, I don't know, we have a scarcity of leadership right now, uh, top to bottom, uh, in our political leadership from the, from the, you know, from the, that, you know, individual that you showed earlier there, tripping over his own feet, sitting behind the resolute desk in the Oval Office, all the way down to our, our, you know, our governors, our elected officials uh, down in our, you know, in the, in the politics of this country. Uh, and I think that the American people, I think part of it, and I wrote an article in the Western Journal a week ago, I think the, some of the reasons why are, uh, some of the reasons why, because just the complacency that the American people have, have fallen into, this trap of complacency. So I know we're, com we're coming to the end here. Um, let me I ask just you, wanna, General. Let me yeah. ask you about this. You talk about Israel, you know, prisoner swaps. Here we have the Israel. You know, they're they're saying that this guy here, Sinwar, he was uh, he's most wanted. He is said to be leading this, but he was in an Israeli prison for many years, and then due to a prisoner swap, uh, they let him out, and uh, now, of course, they're looking to kill him. I mean, America's yeah. has, has done this as well. Uh, Israel's done this as well. Again, um, not always not always has the outcome they expect, does it? it? It never is. And when you think when you think that you are going to be dealing with people who are, in, in, you know, I, I will say in their mind, they 
think and they believe, they firmly believe in their cause. Okay, in their mind, they firmly believe in their cause and they believe that their cause is righteous. And this is this is the problem. And so if you think that you're you're going to keep one of these guys in prison, you know, for some period of time and they're going to reform and they're going to start, you know, believing in democracy, you know, you're you're way, way woefully underinformed. And uh, you really don't know. Uh, you really have not studied or thought about and, and clearly been been experienced in what it is that we are facing. And this is a really, really dangerous time. And uh, and it's a historic time. And I said, I said about a week or so ago that that the the you know the the loss for Israel, if Israel were to lose, it's 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 historically consequential because when you think about various empires and you know people ought to just go do a cursory read, just do a summary read of the Ottoman Empire, how long the Ottoman Empire lasted, what it what it controlled, what it dominated, and what they did to those members of the empire that they that they dominated uh and because we're we're kind of in one of those biblical moments right now uh that's why i say this is really a good versus evil time this isn't israel versus hamas you know jews versus arabs america versus you know uh russia this is a good versus evil the global alliance that is formed against america represents a real evil component of something that uh, is is large and is definitely biblical. A lot of this stuff, and I'm not a you know I when I always tell people when I talk about the Bible I always screw up, but I you know I was I was schooled yesterday in Ezekiel 17 and 18 or 18 and 19 I think. And, I think it's Ezekiel 38, 39, 38, 39. There you go, there you go, there you go. There's the numbers. I I uh, so thank you for clarifying that. Read that and read that to your audience, to the audience, you know, to this audience for this show read that. And so uh, I, I think that's where we're at. And, um, and so to get out of this, to get out of this, you know, world leaders that are big state, big nation state leaders do not want to destroy the world. What they want to do is they want to destroy systems and, and, uh, and ideologies that don't adhere to their way of life. So, you know, a constitutional republic and a democracy is an ideology that we have here in America. They want to destroy that. They want to build it back better in their image. And I use that phrase, build back better, very precisely. Yes. Because that is a that is a globalist phrase. It is not an America presidential phrase for for his bumper sticker for his campaigns. That is a globalist phrase, build back better. And that's what they want to do. They want to build it back better in their image. But in order to do that, they've got to destroy certain aspects of the things that they do not that do not reflect their culture, their way of life, their idea about the way humanity is going to go forward. So this is why people have to get involved. I want to take this right down to the brass tacks and wrap it up. People have to get involved in this country. And I use this phrase, local action has a national impact. And people have to get involved in this country like they've never been involved in before. We cannot have, we cannot afford to have 30% turnout in our elections. We cannot afford to have, you know, for, for congressional or for local school board elections. We cannot afford to have 30% turnout. We've got to have like 100% turnout. We've got to have people getting off their couches and going, I have got to do something. Otherwise, I'm not going to have that couch. They're going to give me, you know, some slab in an internment camp, like what Hillary Clinton said, right? And in, in these, in these uh, you know, brainwashing camps to basically get, a, get us away from, I mean, 
she said that very matter of factly. So um, people have to get involved in their communities. In a presidential elections, we only have on average 65% voter turnout. I mean, if there was a glimmer of, of, of light, I, I witnessed yesterday or two days ago now the, the election in New Zealand. The, uh, there's a, now a New Zealand prime minister who is a New Zealand first type person. The person that he defeated was a woman down there who was a hardcore Marxist. And she, she came into power and basically started to threaten people that were just you know, trying to do what we try to do here in this country. And she was starting to lock down the country. And, they, and the people down there didn't put up with it. Yeah, Christopher Luxon, right, as the premier. You know, at six, they call it liberal rule, liberal rule. It's not liberal rule, it's socialism, okay? It's socialism. So people have to understand that liberalism Progressivism is socialism. It's just a, it's just a, a false, you know, name, a soft name, and so that's a big, big deal. That's a, to me, globally, that's a light, that's a shining light, down there. And what we have to understand is that it's kind of like the, the, uh, the uh, Lechwalesa, uh, you know, uh, revolt in Poland many, many years ago, right? Uh, there, there was enough people that said, you know, enough is enough. We're not going to stand for this. But in this country, we do it through the voting booth and we can do that. And people go, well, our votes don't, you know, they're, they're unfair. They're not, you know, they're, 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 uh, they're rigged. Well, they're not rigged if we get in there and we guard them, right? Let's get in there and let's make sure that, that we, we look at people in the eye and we say, you're not going to, you're not going to cheat again. You're not going to pull cases from underneath a, a, uh, a table and start stuffing ballots into a, a printing machine. You're not going to get away with this in Maricopa County. You're not going to get away with this. People are going to have to stand their ground and say, look people in the eye and say, I am here and I'm going to stand here and I'm going to watch and witness what it is. We, the people, own our election system. We, the people, have to get back involved and, and sort of take back the ownership of it. Indeed, we do. General Michael Flynn, your weekly intel briefing. Let me show you his website real quick again. If you'd like to get his two new books on artificial intelligence and fifth generation warfare, there it is. You can get some shirts, General Flynn shirt, join the, the team there. And you can find out about joining his newsletter. And of course, if you want to support him, uh, you can do that, of course, at Flynn, generalflynn.com as well as mypillow.com and use the promo code Flynn. Use the promo code Flynn at MyPill.com to support General Michael Flynn. Again, his website also, GeneralFlynn.com. Well, General Flynn, I guess that wraps up this week's uh, Intel briefing. Uh, who knows what a week will bring? It is unfolding so uh, fast. A lot. I guess the uh, recap today is multiple fronts potentially opening up. Israel, uh, Iran is threatening an earthquake um, if Israel goes in on yep. the ground. Uh, you know, we got the reports of Iran trying to move more weapons into Syria. We got Iran threatening America if we get uh, more involved. And yet we are today, according to reports. So uh, th this is going to some reports are saying this is going to last at least 18 months in Israel. Would you want to comment on that before we conclude? Yeah. I, yeah. Don't ever. You know, I don't think we should ever put a timeline on war. We, we number one, we don't want war. We want to end these endless wars. But when we start to put timelines, there becomes expectations. And and I think those expectations, especially a, a timeline like that, because I have heard that, Brandon, that that timeline, that means that there's going to be a lot more bloodshed. And that's not what we want. We've got to figure out a way out of this. And and it may be where where, you know, the, the big nation states like, you know, 
the U.S., China, Russia, you know, those that sit at the U.N. Security Council right now, you know, sit down and go, OK, what do we want the world to be? And, and how do we want it to, to, you know, to unfold instead of unravel? So, I mean, there is we do have the U.N. Security Council and we do have a seat at that U.N. Security Council and it still does sway some authority. The problem is, is we have Joe Biden sitting at that at that seat. Right. And, you know, I mean, is it, and, and that's that's a problem. That's a problem, folks. Um, so I don't want to put a timeline on this war. I want it to end. But uh, as you see, the pressure, the pressure that's coming from Iran and on this potential three front war against Israel is going to cause this thing to last much, much longer. And sadly, we're going to see much more bloodshed. Well, so, and again, here's uh, the here's the uh, d- defense one website. The army, the U.S. Army is planning for a conflict mm-hmm. with China, including storing up blood. So speaking of bloodshed, our army yeah. is quickly doing this. We have an article out this week. I guess this will be our last item we talk about. We have an article out this week also by Gordon Chang, in which Gordon Chang is saying that this administration is surrendering the South Pacific to China. Yeah, absolutely. We we have given that up. That that area, China will come in and, and they will figure out a way to negotiate through the United Nations some sort of agreement where they they now control what they like to call the South China Sea. You know, they like to call it. I've heard I've heard Chinese generals actually say in, in speeches and conferences that I've been part of, why do you think they call it the China the South China Sea? Why do we why do you you know why do we think we call it the South China Sea? They love that. That's exactly what has happened. And, and Gordon Chang is another one to pay really close attention to when it comes to China. So, Brandon, I really appreciate the audience. I appreciate that. I want the audience to know that. Thank you so much for, for bearing with me and where I'm at uh, around the country. And uh, and I and for those that uh, that see this, you know, when I when I am in various uh, places, we'll we'll be with you next uh, week. I think That's in right. Branson, you will. Uh, looking uh, forward, north, looking north forward of to that. Branson, Lake of the Ozarks, Lake of the Ozarks, Lake of the Ozarks. Yep, yep. we'll be there. Looking forward to that. And uh, Anyways, God bless you guys, and thank you for your patience, and uh, and for uh, and for helping me out here with this. And this is a this is our second second of the inaugural uh, show. So that's right. Thanks when, very much, everybody. God bless, and God bless America. General Michael Flynn, there, folks. Again, his weekly broadcast, the Intelligence Briefing with General Michael Flynn, Intel Briefing with General Flynn every Sunday morning. And then, of course, it gets replayed on demand, and uh, we are live ten oh four. A.M. Central Time right now here on Sunday morning, October 15th. Again, I hope you'll visit GeneralFlynn.com. Check out his resources and support his great work. Till next time, I'm Brandon House for General Flynn. Thanks for watching. Take care. You're watching Lindell TV.